Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the place for pets. And they're people who love them. Aw, he's so soft. Come here, come here, boy. Here is your host, practicing veterinarian, veterinary news network reporter, and host of the popular YouTube show, The Web DVM, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I apologize for starting 30 minutes late. We had some technical difficulties this evening. Um, this is one of those moments that, uh, or one of those evenings where uh, kind of Murphy's Law, anything that could go wrong, did go wrong. <clears throat> so anyway, we had some technical problems, and uh, we are up and, and going, and um, I do apologize for the inconvenience, and uh, hope we actually have some listeners tonight, because we are... We did come on the air 30 minutes late. But uh, for those of you new to the show, uh, my name is Dr. Roger Welton. I am a practicing veterinarian, and I come to you once a week to talk to you about the various things in my industry. <clears throat> this is this, uh, part two of a series that I started uh, titled Why Not Alternative Medicine. We're talking about integrating alternative medical modalities, uh, some Eastern-type stuff, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, herbal medicine, we're also talking about some alternative modalities that are a little bit more high-tech, though, such as nutritional therapy, nutraceutical therapy, uh, therapy laser, which is a very high-tech modality, but still in the category of uh, alternative. And um, we're just going to put it all together. As far as, um, you know, the main reason I did it in three parts is I wanted to introduce, first of all, the contrast between the two styles of medicine, the strictly Western traditional versus alternative modalities. I wanted to uh, introduce uh, pretty much the ba- some of the basic premises as to why why the resistance, uh, at least to a significant degree, to alternative techniques in our culture. And we touched on that last episode, and if you're tuning in for the first time, I would advise you to uh, go back and listen to that because it is very relevant to what we're talking about and sort of set the stage. Tonight we're going to get into individual modalities that I uh, incorporate as part of my everyday practice in the treatment of disease. And as as I stated time and again, I'm a very much a Western-trained doctor. I am not abandoning Western medicine. I love Western medicine. It has a lot of merit. It has a, a lot of capability that alternative medicine doesn't have, but vice versa, alternative medicine <clears throat> also offers things that Western medicine doesn't offer. And so the way I gear my practice is I do what's known as integrated medicine. And basically I'm imploring on an everyday basis, case by case, both Western and alternative methods because the best kind of medicine you can practice is both. And little by little I'm expanding my repertoire as when it comes to alternative medicine I want to do continuing education. I keep up with my Western stuff and the latest stuff going on there, but I'm always trying to add more, more things because the more I know and the more I can offer, the better I can, I can really help my patients. <clears throat> so uh, today, what I'm going to talk about tonight is just what, what are the things that I'm using right now? And, 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 and bear in mind, there's a lot out there that I'm not using you know, quite yet. First of all, I have to believe in it. And secondly, I, I want clinical data behind it. I just want to you know, oh, this is the next greatest thing. No, I want clinical data behind it. 
And, uh, and of course, I have to have the time to go out and, and learn it. And so am I doing everything that's out there? Absolutely not. You know, we practice medicine, which means that it's ever evolving and we're always evolving as practitioners. Uh, before I get into tonight's topic significantly, I'd like to remind you this is a live call-in show. The number is one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five. I did have uh, two email questions sent in tonight that, um, unfortunately, <laughs> part of our uh, technical difficulties, we were unable to upload those questions. And I'm sorry, uh, one was from Samantha from Alberta, Canada. She has uh, contributed many a time to this uh, to this broadcast, really great questions. I don't have the exact verbiage of the question. It was about aromatherapy, and uh, I do really want to address that, but I'd like to read the, the question in its entirety because it's very, very good. So, Samantha, bear with me, dear. We're going we're gonna to put that off till next week, and I promise you that uh, we will read it aloud. Um, I will have that uh, email in hand. The other email was from uh, KT from Pennsylvania, and KT had a problem with her feline. Now, uh, I gave through through my producer. I gave her some um, some just quick advice because it was a pet that was in need of well having some pro- problems, and KT just didn't have really uh, the funds to to get the kitty to the vet, and was trying to find a way that she could get around that. And so I did advise her, you know, on on some some palliative basic care that she could do. So uh, she's not left wanting. But I do want to read the question aloud because it's it's something that I think we could all learn from a little bit. Uh, I do want to ri- remind everyone, though, that I'm, I'm not here to, to practice veterinarian on the air or practice veterinary medicine on the air. Um, I'm here to advise and, and take questions based on the subject matter we're talking about. Um, and uh, but, but, you know, if you have a sick pet, I, I always want to let you know, you know, your, that your best place your pet can be is with a hands-on veterinarian that can actually examine the pet, take temperature, and there's no substitute for actually looking at the pet. But, of course, KT was... Um, was really in, in apparently some desperation mode. So I was happy to uh, offer what advice I could. And I do want to address that one on the air because I think we can all learn from it. But again, I want exact verbiage. And so I'll be addressing that in the next broadcast. And this is the first time it's ever happened that we've, uh, we're unable to upload uh, email questions. But I want to remind everyone that email questions may be submitted to us. And we will uh, include any email question up until uh, 6 p.m. the night before uh, each broadcast. Generally, our broadcasts are at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Sometimes they will be a little bit different. Tonight was a little bit different, but not intentionally. So, uh, again, uh, you know, I, I apologize for the format of the show getting a little, little messed up. But I am still taking live calls. So if anybody would actually like to call in, please feel free. Again, it's toll-free, 1-877-878-1435. So let's talk about individual alternative modalities, and um, you know I'll, I'll basically talk about exactly how they work and how we use them. Um, so let's first talk about the therapy laser. Therapy lasers, you know, pretty much one of my Mac daddies of all uh, alternative medical techniques in terms of utilizing it on a daily basis. My laser, my my therapy laser, is constantly being used. And what is it? It's Known as cold laser in the human lexicon or the human medical lexicon, they call it cold laser because it shoots low-level photons into the t- tissue, so it doesn't heat up, so it feels cold. Um, but a lot is going on when that laser is infusing those photons of energy. The process that 
it exerts its benefit is a, a process known as photobiomodulation. And photobiomodulation refers to a whole sort of umbrella of things that occur with the therapy laser. So first off, it dilates blood vessels. It dilates veins. It dilates arteries. It also dilates lymphatic vessels. So what, what, what does that provide? What's the benefit? Well, the benefit is that in order to bring healing cells to an area, cells that are there to stabilize an area, to scar down an area, um, also bring, in the case of infection, uh, uh, immune system type cells that are there to fight infection. But dilating the blood vessels, the lymphatic vessels, the veins and the arteries, in order to bring that blood supply and also drain blood off faster is very, very beneficial. So, uh, for example, in the case of a nasty road rash uh, where the skin is just taken off, you know, a few layers and we're exposing, you know, tissue underneath, tendons, muscle, what have you. Well, that, you know, some of these road rash injuries, we can't simply suture them up. They have to fill in. And one of the best ways to get a contaminated, nasty wound like that that you can't primarily close is to hold that laser a millimeter away from it and just scan it around and um, get those photons into the tissue. And it's going to speed up healing rates by 40% by doing that. Um, and again, a lot of that is, is, is vasodilation. So you're going to help control infection because the lymphatics are dilated. Lymphatics uh, provide lymphocytes. Lymphocytes are white blood cells that help to fight infection. When you dilate the blood vessels, it's going to bring in cells known as fibroblasts that are there to remodel the tissue and lay the foundation for the growth of new tissue. And all this is occurring. The body does it naturally, but the, the, the laser just makes the body do it faster. It's really amazing. From a pain perspective, the laser re releases what are known as endorphins. Um, so biochemically, that's nature's pain reliever. Endorphins make the patient feel better, and we're not having to give as much pain medication in post-operative cases, road rash cases, uh, herniated disc in the back cases where there's a great deal of pain. We find ourselves being able to back off some of those you know, more harmful um, effective but more harmful and side effect laden um, pain relievers just because we're focusing some laser on there. So that's how the laser works and we're using it for an, in a number of different ways. The next episode, when I get into individual cases, real cases that I've treated um, using both Western and alternative techniques together, you know, well, you can see some examples of, of why I'm, or where I'm using the laser, but that's how it works in a nutshell. The next thing I want to talk about is nutraceuticals. When we, say, when we say the term nutraceutical, what we're referring to is pharmaceutical-grade uh, nutrient supplements. And, and the reason I'm saying nutraceutical is because it's a very important term because there is a lot of trash out there when it comes to these types of products. They're not regulated by the FDA, so there's really no oversight of these products. What you're really basing your entire decision on purchasing and administering these products on is the word of the manufacturer. And let's face it, a lot of these manufacturers just um, don't have much integrity. They're looking more for the buck than to help anybody. And in case in point, a uh, veterinary publication known as DVM Magazine that we uh, rely on veterinarians to get news from did a recent study uh, that they just did blind tests on random joint health supplements out there sold at pet retailers and online, and they found that three out of four did not have the ingredients that were touted on the labels. 
And that's just astounding to me. It's sad, um, but but it's also an eye-opener. And everybody's got to realize that. Don't just go out and buy supplements, you know, and, and certainly don't look for the cheapest ones necessarily. It doesn't mean that everything that's expensive is good, but you don't want to be bar- bargain shopping there because you might be buying something that not only is not helpful or useless and you're just flushing money down the toilet, but you are also maybe giving something harmful like in the case of omega-3 fatty acids. This is a great nutritional supplement. And yet, if, it's, if they're not processed properly, well, you could end up actually having omega-6 and omega-9 fatty acids in place of omega-3 fatty acids. And omega-3 fatty acids are naturally anti-inflammatory, but omega-6 and omega-9s are pro-inflammatory. It's actually hurting your pet by giving poor quality omega-3. And I'll get to omega-3 in a little bit, but let's just break down the joint, the joint situation because, you know, that's, there's a big big industry for that, and um, I just want to break down how these things work. Glucosamine um, has in it what, what's known as glycosaminoglycan, and glycosaminoglycan is an integral component to the cartilaginous matrix that basically makes cartilage, and when we're looking at the joints, when you have bone-on-bone contact that, you know, enables the motion of the joints, what is between those bones is cartilage padding the surface, the articulating surface, the surfaces that are in contact of the joint. And so when we're giving glucosamine, what we're helping to do is restore some damaged cartilage. And that's, you know, there's going to be some of that in every case of joint inflammation, arthritis, what have you. So glucosamine is going to help restore cartilaginous surfaces to a certain degree. I, I won't go on the line and say it's miraculous, but it's part of the, it's part of the solution. The other thing glycosaminoglycans are a significant component of are uh, the actual joint fluid that lives within the joint. So the, all of our joints are lubricated with a, a very viscous joint fluid. It almost feels in your fingers like motor oil. It's no exaggeration. Glycosaminoglycan is a major component to that. So by giving glucosamine, we also increase joint fluid production, giving our joints a lube job, essentially, giving our dog and cats a lube job. So when um, there, some of the other products we're seeing out there in the joint shoot, chondroitin, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of chondroitin. What is chondroitin? Well, chondroitin is a uh, nutraceutical that also, chondroitin is a part of the cartilaginous matrix. So chondroitin is going to be beneficial in you know, helping along with glucosamine to restore cartilaginous surfaces. And again, making better cartilaginous surfaces means less joint pain. Um, in the case of MSM, MSM is uh, a molecule, and it's actually a synthesized molecule, you know, and, and not all of these, you know, alternative things I'm talking about are quote-unquote natural. You know, some of them are, are very much synthesized in a lab, but that doesn't make them any less useful. Um, MSM is actually a bit of a mystery. Statistical data tells us that the addition of MSM to a, a dietary regimen reduces inflammation in a number of tissues, including the brain, as well as the joints. Um, the mechanism, however, is still poorly understood. So all we really have is anecdotal data and some statistical data based on forced plate analysis when it comes to the, the joints. Uh, you know, pet walks by and steps on what's called a force plate, and it measures the force of the step, and it's a way we can measure improvement when we're giving these various modalities. So glucosamine conjoint MSM, I think, should be part of every joint health supplement, but to me, the mac daddy of them all is omega-3 fatty acid. Omega-3 fatty acid, basically, to me, is like the world's 
one of the world's most perfect supplements any mammal can take. Forget, you know, forget just dogs and cats, people, whatever. I take them for myself. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids can be derived from fish oil, but they can also be from rich vegetable sources such as macadamia nuts or high in in, uh, omega-3. So are certain fish uh, fish oils. So fish derived from salmon is very high in omega-3, and cod liver as well can be very high in omega-3. But again, you got to watch the processing, the integrity, because we don't want omega-6 and omega-9 because that's worse. It's not the pro-inflammatory products, but the anti-inflammatory action of omega-3 fatty acids, it, it's, it's beyond comparison. Um, as far as the joints are concerned, naturally anti-inflammatory. As far as allergies are concerned at the level of the gut or the skin, anti-inflammatory. It basically blocks inflammatory pathways. It Rather than lead to inflammatory products that cause pain, inflammation, what have you, the cascade reaches a dead end. The reaction reaches a dead end that's inert, non-reactive, and it does the same thing with allergies. So rather than lead to the pathway that leads to inflammation in the gut, in the case of food allergy, for example, it leads to inert pathways that don't lead to inflammation of the gut. In the case of the skin, when you're dealing with skin allergies, when you steer away using omega-3 fatty acids, an inflammatory reaction cascade that would usually lead to histamine release and irritation, itchiness of the skin, and instead turns off this sort of U-turn, makes a detour into this inert area, what we're talking about is a significant improvement with skin allergies as well. So omega-3 is just remarkable. Basically, it blocks, the, the, as far as explaining how it works, the best way to explain it is it blocks pathways. It blocks allergic pathways. It blocks inflammatory pathways. It's good for your blood vessels. It's good for your um, gut. It's good for the skin. It's good for the heart. It is good for the liver. It is good for the kidneys. Need I go on? <laughs> Omega-3s are wonderful is, is the bottom line, and that's another nutraceutical. And I do believe omega three should be very much part of a regimen uh, in any arthritic animal. And, and basically, I just think it's a wellness supplement every pet should be on, like from a very young age. Um, next one I want to talk about is, um, is known as SAMe, S-A-M-E. SAMe is interesting because it, it too is synthesized in the lab, but SAMe is really helpful at the level of the liver. It is regenerative to the liver. So the liver is like a starfish. If it loses, if it has a damaged part or it loses a part for whatever reason, let's say there was a liver surgery, we had to remove a tumor, well, it can regenerate itself and grow back. That's why if, let's say you're a match for a sibling who needs a new liver, well, there, we have five livers, so you can give your sibling one liver or one lobe of your liver and your sibling will grow an entire new five-lobe liver from that one healthy lobe, and the lobe that you donated will grow back, and you'll have five again. So we can be very generous with our livers because they're going to regenerate. Well, that whole process is very much aided by SAMe. SAMe can actually hasten it and make it more powerful, so it empowers the ability of liver cells to heal themselves, repair themselves, and then the tissue as a whole to repair itself. When, um, as far as other uses for SAMe, it can be very useful in cases of uh, cognitive dysfunction, so dementia we do see in dogs. I do believe we see it in cats. It's a little harder to prove in cats, but I do believe we see it in cats too, but uh, certainly we see a lot of cognitive dysfunction in dogs, uh, dementia, what have you, and SAMe has been known to um, combat uh, dementia in dogs in in a, a number of cases. And the, the way it works is that 
the nature of the molecule is actually anti-inflammatory to the central nervous system. So any cognitive dysfunction dog, I believe, should be on SAM-E. MSM, or I'm sorry, not MSM, milk thistle, I already covered MSM, milk thistle is an herb. And this is pretty much the most I'm going to get in herbal medicine because I'm very, very new in the herbal medicine thing. I definitely want to learn more and see if a lot more stuff out there has merit. But um, in the case of milk thistle, it's an herb that is very much like SAM-E in that it helps the, the liver regenerate itself. It protects the liver. It's liver protective, liver regenerative. And any patient with chronic liver disease, therefore, should be on milk thistle. But I believe it synergizes very nicely with SAMe. So my favorite supplements are ones with SAMe and milk thistle in them. Very, very, very useful. Acupuncture. Acupuncture is something that I just took on as a skill. Um, I'm not certified yet, but I am qualified uh, to, to treat certain things, osteoarthritis and seizures, as well as intervertebral back disease. And uh, so I've been, I've been using the modality. And, of course, we know from the Chinese medicine that uh, the whole premise behind it is this, is this whole notion of the flow of energy through the body, known as qi. And when we use, utilize acupuncture and hit certain meridians uh, for certain disease processes, we're reestablishing qi or the flow of energy. So, okay, if you, don't, if you don't buy into that, it sounds a little hokey to you. Fair enough, but we do know there's clinical data behind acupuncture that proves that it, that it works. And remember this, folks, it works on animals, and animals do not suffer from placebo effect. So there's no placebo effect in animals. So there's, there's no other explanation uh, that it works in animals other than that it works. They can't convince themselves that something works. Okay. Uh, so the data is there, and, and what we know biochemically and physiologically how uh, from the, the Western medical standpoint, if you look at it with Western eyes, how acupuncture works, it stimulates blood supply. So in many ways, it, it can sort of do a little bit of what the laser does. It reduces endorphins, so it has a pain, manage, pain, pain management uh, uh, effect uh, and just utilizing the, the body's own endorphins and, and biochemical messengers. And lastly, it, re it relieves muscle spasm. And I, I've seen it in dogs relieve muscle spasm just we. We put the points in, the dogs don't even feel it, and you see these spasms that were physically there just relax. And then you see the dog relax as a whole, you know, within 30 seconds of putting, you know, you start putting the needle points in, and, and you know, one would think it would freak a dog out because it's kind of foreign, but they don't really don't feel it in terms of the needles going in, and you just see them relax. They just, they just uh, start to just really take it easy. It's just amazing to see. Um, so that that's acupuncture there. Um, other things we're looking at is nutritional therapy, and nutritional therapy is really a big one because um, we've really been able to extend life with disease-specific nutrition. So in the case of, uh, for example, uh, kid, uh, chronic kidney failure, we have uh, kidney, uh, kidney-sparing diets, prescription diets made by companies like Hills, Royal Canin, Ukanuba, and these things are amazing because what they're doing is the biggest enemy for a kidney failure patient is protein. Protein, at the, the end, the end uh, byproduct of protein metabolism, no matter how perfect the protein is, there's going to be some waste product in the form of ammonia. And that ammonia has to be processed by the liver, turned into a more inert product called urea, and then urea travels via the bloodstream to the kidneys to get urinated out as waste product. Well, when the kidneys aren't working, that urea does not get excreted out, it doesn't get urinated out, and as a result, it builds up in the body, and it's basically a toxin building up in the body. 
a reverse reaction occurs from urea back to ammonia, and we start to get very sick patients. We know how toxic ammonia is. What the what the, the kidney-sparing diets provide is protein that's known as, it's engineered to be what's known as a high biological value protein, where the protein is going to be overwhelmingly utilized by the body. We're talking about probably 93% plus bioavailability, whereas your average protein is only going to be about 78 to 80% bioavailable. And bioavailability means how much of it's going to be used and integrated into the body's tissues and, and metabolic reactions and how much of it is going to be excreted as waste. Well, when we have very bioavailable protein, we have less waste, less ammonia accumulation, less urea accumulation, less workload on the kidneys, so the kidneys last longer, but less toxins, the patient feels better. Amazing how long so many patients have been able to live since the advent of kidney-sparing diet. Well, that's just one example, and I can't get into all of them. I won't have time, but there's a liver-sparing diet for chronic liver disease. There is a, a joint-sparing diet for chronic joint disease that I have both my dogs on. Phenomenal, very high in omega-3 fatty acids. And uh, we have um, a heart-friendly diet. Hales makes one called HD that's going to be sodium-restricted. And, uh, you know, just absolutely invaluable in, in helping patients. There's one called BD. BD is uh, known as the brain diet. Uh, it's for helping dogs with cognitive dysfunction. So what we, do, what we have is just this complete nutritional um, ability to treat disease, and it's, it's really exciting, and it, and it works. Um, for your average everyday dogs and cats, what we um, what we have to offer, and I, I did this a whole show about this though, is disease-specific nutrition. Um, disease-specific nutrition means that, or I'm sorry, disease-preventive nutrition means that what we're what we're aiming to do is localize and identify the th- you know like the five main things that tend to go wrong with cats, the five main things that tend to go wrong with dogs and gear those, these diets towards being preventive toward uh, these diseases. And these, disease, these, these diets um, have just recently made their, made their debut, so it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say, you know, exactly how successful we're going to be. Um, you know, but the data looks very promising because the companies that put these kind of diets out do a lot of research and they do a lot of feeding trials, and the data looks very promising, so we're, we're going full speed ahead and, you know, already in the first year, uh, we, I just see uh, ha- patients that are on these diets are just healthier, less allergies, less digestive problems, um, less joint problems, and what have you. Uh, so, you know, those that's pretty much most of the alternative modalities that I'm using in my practice. Um, and, again, I, I tend to expand those, but, you know, as far as, um, you know, is that all that's out there? No, it certainly is not. And, and there's more for me to learn and there's more for me to integrate, but I'm excited to do it. And uh, I'm just, I just, I've never been more excited to practice medicine because I feel like I can offer my patients so much more. And I want to spread the word because I want you guys out there to start pressuring your veterinarians, uh, asking them questions, telling them you heard it from Dr. Roger on the air that, you know, such and such is used uh, as a modality in treating A, B, and C disease because, um, the more that it becomes mainstream, the more the veterinarians are going to see value in it, the more they're willing to take a look into these other alternative modalities, and the better off our industry will be in terms of what we can offer all of your pets, in terms of quality of life, in terms of uh, longevity, because Lord knows we want them to live as long as they possibly can. They are such a gift for us, 
And, uh, you know, the longer we can keep them here with quality, uh, I think we all benefit from that. That's my show for this evening, ladies and gentlemen. I do thank you so much for your patience. I'm so sorry we started 30 minutes late. Samantha, I am so sorry. And KT, so sorry I didn't get to your emails uh, tonight. But I promise you, uh, both of your emails will be the first order of business for next week's show. Uh, They're both very good, and I want to share them with everybody because uh, phenomenal comments there, and and I think there are things that we can all learn from. Uh, Samantha, uh, again, the the aromatherapy uh, question, I think, is is very intriguing, and I do have some thoughts on that, and and I'm going to address that next week. So have a great evening, everybody. Hopefully now the next time I come to you, we won't have any technical difficulties. And as I always say, thank you so much for caring what I have to say. Have a wonderful evening. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.